Welcome to the WordPress Photography Podcast, the podcast for photographers who want to learn how to get the most out of WordPress to grow their photography business. You don't need to be a geek to understand WordPress. Settle back and listen as we show you how. Now, here's your host, Scott Wyden Kivowitz. Welcome to episode 131. My name is Scott Wyden Kivowitz, and I'm joined today by my guest, Tanya Smith. Hi, Tanya. Hey, how you doing, Scott? Great to be here. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm doing well. How are you doing? Very good. Very awesome. good. Nice and warm here in Canada. We actually have a nice summer going on, so I'm loving that. <laughs> it's been it's been a little a little too warm here in in, uh, in New Jersey in the in the United States, and uh, very very humid, and it's kind of gross out there these days. Um, yeah, we had, a, we had one one cool day this past week, and it was nice, and then it went back to. Way too, yeah, way too hot and humid. We just had that too. It was super hot. Today's the first day that it kind of broke that humidity. So it's a bit of a relief. We had the windows open, but now <laughs> we have to close them. But <laughs> Awesome. Um, so for those who don't know Tanya, Tanya has been a woman's portrait photographer since 2011 and mm -hmm. fell in love with how a boudoir session can change the way a woman sees herself. She has a background in corporate banking and sales, but still she tries to figure out everything on her own. After years of struggle, she started investing in her education and worked with mentors and took courses. She is constantly learning everything she can about running a successful boudoir business. She has grown her studio to bring in mid six-figure sales, and her average sale has grown to over $5,000 a client. Tanya has been mentoring and coaching other boudoir photographers one-on-one -on -one who want to grow their business. Her online business course called the Profitable Boudoir and Portrait Academy, or PBPA, has helped hundreds of portrait photographers from all over the world in every genre to grow and scale their own businesses. So uh, today we're going to be talking about profitable photography businesses, and I'm very excited to have you on. And it's not too often I have a guest that does boudoir. We've, we've had a, a handful of them, but... Uh, it's it's always good because it's it's I find that it's it is one of the smaller niches in photography. I mean there's a bunch of small niches in photography, but I feel like it's like the underdog. It's popular, but it's not as popular as the others that you hear about more often, right? Yes. Um, so there's boudoir photographers everywhere mm -hmm. and they're just there's too many that are unknown, I think. I think that's yeah, that's, and and I think so. for boudoir, it's it is a very specific niche with a very specific client, um, yeah. and it's it's either either people know what it is or people are like, ooh, and it's very risque, and they you know they don't they don't want to talk about it and they don't want to show it and they don't want to post it and all this kind of <laughs> stuff. So yeah, I'm yeah. I'm boudoir is more for me um, when the way I do it is more for the actual woman as opposed to boudoir as you know a gift for your groom or your husband mm. or whatever it's more for the woman for me and I find that's and very satisfying empowering it's yes. to empower uh, right yeah um, it really is. totally yeah and I there's pro there's got to be that you know the two different approaches to the to the photography style and to the business um, and I feel like especially for a female photographer to go with your approach to it I think is more ideal than the other approach. Um, yeah. 
I, I think so. And I mean, I, you know, there are definitely people who just want to do it to have super sexy photos of themselves to, you know, mm -hmm. give to somebody, but, um, that's definitely not why I do it. And I, and truthfully, when I started, I just thought, okay, here it is sexy photos for, for women. Um, but every time I did it, you know, every woman would say the same thing. Oh my God, I feel like a supermodel. I can't believe this is me. I feel so great about myself. Like it, it really did change the way they saw themselves. And I thought this is kind of awesome it's not just <laughs> it's not just me taking yeah. photos and people going great thanks thanks for the photos like i i'm actually right. changing women and the way they see themselves and it's pretty cool it, yeah that is a that is a really cool thing yeah. um so earlier yeah in the intro i mentioned that you've built your boudoir business to over half a million in sales which is uh and an average of like $5,000 Canadian, I'm assuming. Canadian, uh, $5,000 yeah. Canadian per client. That's still a lot in U.S. dollars. But yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. can you share some advice on on uh, on how other boudoir photographers or, or photographers in general really could get to that, maybe not that exact level, but, you know, start, get, you know, that incline to get there? Yeah, for sure. I mean, anyone can get there, honestly. If I can do it, anyone can do it. It's not, I always say it's not, hard, but it's difficult in the sense that mm. you got to push through a lot of things that you're uncomfortable with. And charging is one of the big, big things that any portrait photographer or any photographer or any entrepreneur or creative for that matter, have a really hard time raising their prices. And I mean, obviously you're not going to just raise your prices and start making five grand for client. Um, right. you know, there's lots of things you need to do. You, one of the biggest things is there's so many portrait photographers that are priced low thinking that they're going to just do a lot of shoots and get the volume. But the problem with that is that pricing low makes you attract people who want a deal. And then pricing high is great, but a lot of people are scared to raise their prices. So they only raise them a little bit. And then what happens is they're priced average. And that's actually the hardest place to get clients. At least when you're priced super low as a shoot and burner, you can get a ton of people who will book with you. Um, so I always say you get stuck in no man's land where you're too cheap for people who want a luxury experience and you're too expensive for people who just want, you know, all the, all the digital images on a USB. So what happens right. is a lot of times people will raise their prices, they'll get crickets and they'll be like, I knew it wouldn't work for me. And they raise them back down as opposed to what they really need to do, which is probably go really big and raise them kind of a lot, which is uncomfortable. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. There's, uh, in, in my area. So I'm uh, smack in the middle, uh, the same drive between Philadelphia, Pennsylvania and New York city. Right. And so I have clients in my area that, um, a lot of them that work in one of those cities. So, and, and they do the commute and they make a good amount of money every, you know, uh, they're whatever they do for a living. And, um, uh, there, I'm surrounded by photographers who do the low ball price, yeah. give them a USB drive or, a, you know, digital drive, not even like a physical drive and be on their, be on their way. And they do like five photo sessions a day, every single day. Oh. Um, and, you know, to compete with that is you have to, you have to set yourself apart in some way. Yeah. Um, so, and the, oddly enough in my area, there is nobody nobody going up real high. Everybody's uh, lowballing it to compete. So, yeah. 
Uh, it's, and that actually, that plan actually would work to be a low price and do five or six or 10 shoots a day, but not with one photographer. That's a yeah. business plan for a high volume studio needs to have several photographers and that could mm -hmm. totally work. But mostly you and most people that are listening and most of the people that I teach, they are one person and one photographer. So you can't be competitive in a high volume studio. You just can't do it. You're going to burn out. Yeah. You're going to burn out, raise your prices or you're going to burn out and quit, which unfortunately happens a lot. So can you, so can you talk briefly about how you would successfully charge more without turning clients away? What, what kind of things do you have to do, whether it's in your marketing, your text, the, what you say, um, the way you present yourself, what do you, what are some of the things you have to do in order to charge more? So you're not booking yourself busy, but rather Exactly. making a comfortable life and business for yourself. Yeah, I love that. Like I want people to make more money, but I don't want them to be busier, right? You're not trying to be busier. Yeah. You're trying to be profitable. Yeah. So yeah, yep. I mean, all the things you mentioned are the things that you need to do. You need to understand first and foremost, who your client is, who is the perfect client that you want to photograph. Um, and then actually, even before you do that, you got to figure out your genre, because I always say, um, you need to be a specialist, right? Because specialists can more easily demand a higher mm. price. So um, you need to decide what you are going to be known for. So for me, it's boudoir. Um, however, I do still photograph women. So if someone wants, if a woman comes to me for branding, I'll do that. Actually, I do the three Bs. I call it um, boudoir, beauty, and branding for women. Um, <laughs> but people always say to me, well, I can't niche down because I'm still getting, you know, wedding bookings but you can go ahead and still take those. But if you don't want to shoot weddings anymore and you want to switch to say boudoir, um, don't promote it. <laughs> stop showing it. Stop showing your photos. Yeah. Go ahead yeah. and take those wedding gigs and do it and get paid, but keep yeah. showing your boudoir stuff. Like you, otherwise people are going to keep booking you for weddings. And I don't know how yeah. hats off to you wedding photographers. Cause I tried that at the beginning, man, <laughs> that is not for me. Yeah, I can't do it either. No, I I've, I do a, I do a wedding maybe once a year, and it's like a special thing. It's either yeah. a, a friend who like really request. I just did a pandemic one for a friend, you know, um, just because it only so, so many people could be there. Right. And it was something, you know, um, but like it's got to be something special for me to be able to do it. And to me, uh, taking on just as somebody who has to teach photographers on a regular basis, it helps me, you know, be even more connected into what. I'm talking about basically right. by actually yeah. doing it at least, at least once a year. <laughs> yeah. That's why. And I don't teach wedding photographers. I teach portraits, right? So only mm -hmm. people who do portraits. So yeah, you um, definitely have to pick your genre and become a specialist and you have to know who you're talking to. So even let's say boudoir as an example, if you are targeting younger clients that are about to get married and they do want it as a gift for their groom, then that's who you speak to in your social media and on your website. And every single time you come out, that's who you speak to. Me, I speak like I know my my client. She's her name is Kelly. She's 35 years old. She has two kids. Like you need to really niche down and get mm. specific on who they are so you know what kind of things they appreciate seeing. So I'm not going to post these cutesy little memes that would appeal to a 22-year-old woman. I'm going to post something that appeals to a mom of two right? So mm -hmm. everything you put out there has to appeal. Now that's not to say that I'm not going to get a 24-year-old bride because I do get them. But mostly what I get are women in their mid to late 30s um, 
who are looking to find themselves again after having kids and, you know, trying to figure out who they are and where they are in their life. And so that's who I talk to. So you definitely, your messaging can't be all over the place and you can't um, show things that don't go with what you're talking about. Um, and then you obviously, I mean, I'm assuming that people know how to take photos at that point. You, your photos have to be good. However, they don't have to be great. And I, I know sometimes this ruffles some feathers when I say this, but you don't have to be an amazing photographer to make really good money. You have, you can be a pretty decent photographer, but you have to be good at your business and your numbers and your sales. So, yeah. um, yeah, like I, I'm not a gearhead. People always reach out to me and they're like, Hey, what photo do you use? And what lens do you use? And what about this versus this? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> That's what YouTube's <laughs> for, not me. <laughs> I can show you how to make money. I can show you how to sell. I can show you how to give a luxury experience, but yeah, not, um, I'm not into the technology, the technical photography side of it. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and I think when it comes to boudoir in particular, you need a special set of skills yeah. beyond, be, even beyond business and beyond uh, photography itself. Um, and that is a good, it's a good segue into my next question. Um, so for those interested in getting into or ramping up their boudoir studio, uh, what steps do you take to make women feel more comfortable and empowered during the session? Like, how do you get them to trust you? Because that's a pretty vulnerable state that they're in when they're doing the, when they're doing a boudoir session. Oh my gosh. Yes. And, and the thing is, is I don't photograph models. Nobody that you see on my site is model. They're all regular everyday women. So they're nervous anyway to get photos done. Never mind getting photos done naked or in their underwear. Right. Mm -hmm. So it is super, super vulnerable. So the one thing that I do, and I also teach other photographers who are boudoir photographers is meet them in person for an in-person consultation. So we, and I know that's, this is another reason why we charge a lot because I meet them three times. I meet them for the consult, then oh. their shoot, and then their in-person sales session. So okay. one of the reasons why a woman would back out or cancel or no show is because she's nervous and she's stepping outside of her comfort zone. So what makes people nervous is they're the unknown. They don't know what to expect. So the consultation, they've met me. So now that it's not so scary, they know who I am. They've seen the studio. They know how to get there. They know where to park. They know what it looks like. Even those kind of things can stop people from coming in. I've discussed everything that they're going to wear. I've showed them my wardrobe, what they can use from it. So they're not wondering, I don't have anything to wear. I don't know what to do. Um, and then I tell them also, you know, I'm posing you every step of the way. I ease their nerves as much as I can at that consult. Um, so really the only unknown that they're left with on the day of their shoot is, Oh, I hope I can do this. I hope my photos look good. And the only thing I can do with that is I'll show you. And yes, they will. So, um, the consult I think is really important, but, um, as a boudoir photographer, the, one of the biggest things I tell people, which is different than other portrait genres is stop booking models to build your portfolio and to practice because most models know their light and their angles based on where the cameraman is standing. Um, the photographer is standing, they know that an everyday person does not. So you can, I, I know there's, um, there was a photographer who I followed for quite a while and I was fully crushing on him. Like the, his photos were beautiful. Like they were perfect. And he made the switch a couple of years ago to, to photograph everyday women. And he posted some photos and I was like, yikes, like you can't just pick up your camera and take a shot. You need to guide them 
not only guide them in the most flattering way, but in a way that's not going to make them feel self-conscious. So you can't say things like, you know, tuck in your stomach. Now you just made her self-conscious about her stomach. You know what I mean? So there's, um, the consult is actually a really good place for me to find out what her insecurities are too. So I don't say what parts of your body do you not like? I say Mm. something like you tell me what you want to showcase and what you want to minimize. And then she'll say, oh, you know, I've got my baby tummy here or my arms or my, or whatever it is. And I take notes and I make a note of that. And I make sure that the poses that I do are not going to showcase the areas she doesn't want to see or that I strategically kind of hide them. So there's lots of different ways that you can make a woman feel comfortable, but there's a million ways to make her feel uncomfortable. So you got to, you got to watch what you say. You got to watch, you don't obviously touch someone without asking them, um, yeah, there's, there's lots of things, but posing is the key, um, to learning a flattering pose on an everyday woman, not a 22 year old who is a model whose everything is in shape and tight and where it's supposed to be. You know, you have to, you have to learn who your client is and you have to be able to guide her into a pose without making her feel self-conscious. And I'd imagine that as a, as a photographer like yourself, who is trying to photograph real people in their real life, you know, in their, the way that they are then, um, that more often than not, you're getting, you're, you have people who are imperfect, right? Oh yeah. I mean, so, so there, there really is no such thing as, uh, in your world right now, as a model for boudoir, it's like, that it doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. It's, um, it's, it's a specific mother. Uh, that, so are you, are you, are your clients only moms or do you have, well, I guess you, you said you have some new, yeah. new brides, right? Yeah. Okay. I have like, I have a really good range. Like I've photographed women from, you know, where I had to ask them for ID to make sure they're of age. And I've had women up oh. to, uh, I think 67 was the oldest. So, um, and it doesn't matter what age, it doesn't matter what size, it doesn't matter what shape they're in. Every single woman has some sort of insecurity. Every woman does. And even though, you know, I'm like, are you crazy? This, you know, everybody has some sort of insecurities. So, um, it's just my job to make them forget about those things and just look at the beauty that other people see. Because so many people, you know, are like, I always tell the story when I was, gosh, I was probably 20. Um, a girlfriend of mine was, I just thought she was beautiful. She had the best skin ever and beautiful teeth. And because I had really bad skin at that time and my teeth were really crooked. So what I noticed in people were my own insecurities. And we had a conversation one night and I can't remember. And she said, yeah, but you're, you know, you're so tiny. She's, she was a bigger woman than I was. And I thought, what? Like I didn't even notice that that wasn't even on my radar because her weight was not a thing that I admired or that I was insecure in myself. What I noticed in her was her beautiful skin and her straight teeth that I didn't have. What she noticed in me was my size because she perceived herself to be too big in her scent, in her eyes. Mm-hmm. So the things that we're insecure about doesn't necessarily mean it's like a traditional thing that you should be insecure about. Sometimes they're really crazy things that they ju- you just brought on yourself or someone said something to you once in grade school and it stuck with you. So right, it's just, right. yeah, like I want to show women their beauty the way other people see you. You know, that other people look at women and go like, oh my God, she's so beautiful. Look at her hair, her eyes, or whatever it is. And I want to show women that, and that just really opens up their eyes and makes their insecurities kind of 
go on the back burner, which is exactly what I want to do. Yeah. You know, in the same, in the same vein as uh, real people versus models, um, there's also the topic of, for, for new photographers getting started, there's the topic of you offering free sessions. And this is outside of boudoir. This is every, yes. everything but basically weddings. Yes. Um, <laughs> um, so we see a lot of these photographers all over the place offering free sessions to build a portfolio. I mean, I even think when I was getting to it, I was doing it too. Um, in college, I was doing it. Yeah. But um, are you for or against it? And if you're against it, how do you recommend photographers? And um, and again, it could be specific to boudoir or could be everybody. Mm -hmm. um, how would you recommend they go about building their portfolio without doing it for free? Okay, I love this question. Um, and this would be for every portrait photographer, every genre, you know, seniors, headshots, babies, newborns, all of them. Um, I always say not to do free shoots, don't do it. And people are like, well, great, how do I get people in if I'm building my portfolio? And um, I actually have a podcast episode on this specific thing. I think it's episode three, we can link that. Um, mm -hmm. But it's, I want you to give a voucher. I want you to put a value on what you're giving to them. So yes, it's free, right? You're not getting paid for it, but you're giving them a voucher for say $2,000, which includes your, your session fee, you know, hair and makeup and 10 digital images worth $2,000. Now they're redeeming a voucher with you. So yes, you're getting a portfolio build when you give away a big voucher like this, but you're also sitting down and doing the wholesale session, just like normal. You're maybe showing them 40, 45 images. They've got a voucher that gets them 10 images, $2,000 off, but maybe they're going to buy more. Maybe they're going to say, oh my God, I love 30 of these. Here's my voucher for 10 of them and I'll pay for the difference. So it is a free session and you might just get someone come in and do their, take their 10 images and leave, but you're putting a value on it and that's the key. So you're not saying I'm going to give you a free shoot. Here's 30 images, right? You're giving them a value. So that's what you want to do and not say I need people for a free shoot or I need to build my portfolio. That's a huge, huge thing. Yeah. If having the value add, um, across the board in your business is, is a, an incredible, incredible opportunity for you to just further build it, further enhance it. Exactly. Uh, make, make yourself even f uh, be portrayed as larger than you might be as a starting photographer, really. Um, yeah, I, 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 I really like that idea. Um, yeah. So another aspect of photographers starting out and even photographers who um, have been in business for a while they, they go about asking for feedback, opinion from other photographers, whether it's about their work yeah. or about their business, how they can improve. Uh, I, mean, I mean, heck, people are listening or watching this right now to get opinions on what they could do for their business. Not yeah. directly about their business, but, you know, looking for advice, right? Yes. So um, what is your opinion on asking for opinions? Yeah, that, <laughs> it, that's actually something that kind of makes me crazy. I... Do not, we, we need to stop asking other photographers what their opinion is. However, if it's somebody who's a coach or an educator and that's, you know, mm. this is part of their coaching. Yes. If someone has, you know, achieved what you want to achieve ahead of you. Yes. That's a different story. But what I'm talking about is hopping onto a Facebook group and being like, can you let me know what you think about this photo? One, it's who cares what anyone thinks about the photo. Did your client like the photo? That's all you care about. And two, you're going to get 
a hundred replies with a hundred different answers. And all it does is stress you out and make you think that you're less than, um, when I was first starting out, I did it too, because I know we all do it. And I posted my mm -hmm. photo. My client loved it. She brought her boyfriend in with her. Oh my God, this is a beautiful photo. It was my favorite one from the shoot. So I thought, oh, now I'm going to post. I'm finally getting up the nerve to post in this group of boudoir photographers. And they ripped me apart. I mean, I look at the photo now and it's kind of not the, not the best, but it's flattering to her. I blew out the highlights in the back. I, you know, it, it, there was a lot of stuff wrong with it, but she looked good in the photo and she bought it and I got ripped apart. Oh my God, you have to do this. You misfocus. So you focused on her nose, not her eyelashes. Like it, it was all true, but what it did was make me think that mm, maybe I'm not good enough, but my client bought a lot. So stop asking photographers what their opinions are, because honestly, anybody who is able to give you a good critique and some constructive criticism is usually pretty rare. Most of the people who are going to jump in and spend the time are commenting, commenting are going to pick apart your image and also stop mm. asking other photographers what their prices are. <laughs> it makes me crazy. You don't know their business plan. You didn't do a cost of doing yeah. business with them. You know, right. it doesn't matter. And again, this whole thing about being priced average, it doesn't matter what the other photographer is doing at all. In fact, when I started my boudoir photography, um, I didn't do any of that stuff. I kind of just sort of jumped in and I didn't look around. I had no idea if there was any boudoir photographers around me. And there was one who was literally, well, when I started, there was one that was literally right beside me in the same building, um, which of course I figured out right away. But um, there was one just a few blocks over and I did not know for years who that person was until my clients came in and said, oh, do you know of this person? I'm like, no. And then I looked it up um, and I guess, you know, she, she was kind of talking about how she's basically saying she's so much cheaper than me. You should come to me. And I didn't even see that. So it's not, she markets to very different clients. I, I mean, we don't know the other photographer's business plan. We don't know how much money they're making. In my group, I like to say, if someone is going to give someone advice, I want to know that you're making money before you do it. So if you're mm. not at a hundred thousand yeah. in sales, don't give business advice to people because it's not, it's not your place to do that. So yeah, stop yeah. worrying about what other photographers are doing. Stop asking your family and friends if your pricing is good. Do you think this is a good price? Stop doing that. Everyone's going to tell you your price too high because they're probably not your client. You didn't show them what the value is. You know, you'll get someone to go, well, yeah. I can go to Walmart and get this printed up an eight by 10 for 10 bucks. How can you charge, you know, $400 for it? One of my biggest pet peeves in that, um, in that topic is, yeah. uh, is that when I have family come to me and say, you need to lower your price <laughs> because so-and-so is doing it for this. And I'm like, I, I don't want to be classified in the same category as you know, this yes. person and this person and this person and this person and this person and, and everybody else in town that's doing this price. Yes. Um, it's, I, I can't stand it when people tell uh. me to, to, to lower my price so I can get more, like I, I'd rather not have more work. Right. I'd rather not. No, I would rather be less busy and make more money, please. And I always, yes. always say that, right? We're yeah. not trying to be busier. We're trying to be profitable. So yeah. yes, you can make five grand by shooting five or six people at, you know, a thousand dollars or less than a thousand and good for you. You're busy and you can post on social media that you're busy, but I'd rather just shoot one person. Thank you very much. So yes. you're shooting every single yeah. day and you got to edit and do all that stuff. It's not, yeah. it doesn't make sense. One of the biggest things too is 
that's really, really hard when you're raising your prices is the more expensive you are, the more people are going to say no to you. And that freaks people out mm. because they're used yeah. to going, great, I'll book it. But you don't want to be busier and you will get more no's. And that's okay because you want yep. people who value what you're giving them. Yeah. And on the, on the same, in the same topic about um, opinions and asking for them, you know, if you get advice from a photographer about your or opinion feedback on a photo and it's not good feedback, um, it could be inflating your imposter syndrome yes. if you have it, which most people do. We, we probably um, do. It, Everyone does. Yes. And, and it, it just could bring your, your confidence mm -hmm. uh, and your motivation down to the point where you won't be successful right? or, or make it way harder for you to be successful. Um, you know, part, you know, as, as much as photography, a photography business is more about business than photography, photography is still creative. And if you're yeah. constantly getting uh, feedback that isn't good, your creativity is going to go in the toilet and yeah. it's, it's going to impact your business. So, yes. um, I, I agree. I think there's a time and place to get feedback, um, mm -hmm. especially if it's a professional critique. Yes. Maybe, but but not not on a regular basis from random people. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's so true. And and stop asking people and mostly stop defending yourself. So if you ask people and they go, oh, your price is too high, stop saying, well, you know, the cost of my equipment and the cost of this and posting those little memes saying, yeah. here's why I'm so expensive. Like, stop doing that. You don't need to justify your prices. But I also, yeah. I really find that my best critique is from clients. So I will you know, I have a flow, a boudoir flow that I go through. Pretty much everyone gets the same poses I walk through. Um, and when I show them their images, they sit down and then I'll go through time when I'll be like, you know what? There's like 10 to 15 people in a row that have not picked this one pose. Maybe I should take that out of my, my whole flow. And that's the feedback that I look at. Are people buying my photos? Awesome. Like what is my most requested pose? Those are ones I'm going to keep. Which one have I not sold very much of. I will take that one out. So it, my, my critique that I take is my clients, right? What did I do wrong? What did I do right? And what can I improve yeah. on for next time? I'll ask them too. I'll do a, a questionnaire and a survey afterwards and ask them. But um, yeah, I don't, I don't care if a photographer doesn't like my pose or doesn't like my pricing. I, I only care if they're my client. So that's what we have to remember. And also it's just a waste of energy, of your mm. energy and your time going into Facebook groups and reading. That's another thing. Stop reading these posts from photographers saying, oh, I have the worst client. They did this and this and this. Has this ever happened to you? And then everyone typing in and saying how terrible their clients are. Stop doing that too. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to talk bad about your clients. No. no <laughs> all, all, and all. all you need is for the wrong person, your competitor, let's say, <sighs> to find out that you're talking about your clients and now you just ruined your reputation in your area. Yeah, and yeah. It, but it's just bad. It's bad mojo, you know, like just to yeah. have that all that stuff in your head about how terrible this client was 20 minutes late and they made yeah. me wait and all that kind of stuff. Just, you know, stop yeah. worrying about that. Fix sure. your fix your experience and your whole workflow and make it be great every single time, improve something every single time and your clients will sell you for for you. Mm -hmm. You'll you'll get it yourself. Yeah. So so over the course of this uh conversation We've shared a lot of mistakes, actually, that, that photographers <laughs> yeah. have made and how they can fix it. But yes. I'm wondering if there's a few other mistakes that we might have missed that you see photographers making that they can fix right now after listening to this, like a, an actionable items or item that they can fix literally right now. 
Yeah. Okay. That's a good question. Um, well, one thing is around your pricing here's, and not just raising your prices, but your price list is probably too confusing. Almost everybody mm. sends me, what do you think of this price list? And it's, you know, you have, you can get these four things in this one for this much, or you can get this in this much. And what happens with that is you confuse your client. And we all know a confused mind says no. Um, mm -hmm. But also then when they send it to me, I'm like, if I'm confused, your clients is going to be confused. So I make my price list. I'm actually teaching that. I have a free boot camp that I run um, a few times a year. I'm, have, I'm doing it right now, actually. But um, by the time this airs, it'll be over. Um, but what I do is I teach them a super simple way to do their pricing. And it's three pages. Actually, I guess it's four because the first page is a session fee. And the second page is just the number of images. And this kind of blows people's mind when I say it. But all I do is I price per image. It doesn't matter what format it's in. You want 10 images, it costs this much. You can get it digitally. You can get it in an album. You can get it in a folio box, all the same price. So that whole thing, do I offer the digitals? Should I, shouldn't I, what should I do? Just they cost the same. You're not paying for the paper that it's printed on. And yes, your, your profit will be bigger if you, if they take the digitals for sure. But you, if you do your full cost of doing business and your cost of goods, um, you will be able to make a profit no matter what they choose. So just keep it simple. Which images do you like of yourself? These 20? Perfect. Now, how would you like me to give them to you? So that's right. one of the biggest things. Simplify things. And I do that. I One of the things I'm known for is that I keep things simple. And the reason is, is because I'm a classic overthinker. <laughs> so I have to do that myself. I have to remember I'm overcomplicating things. Keep it simple. So that's probably the biggest thing is simplify your pricing for your clients. And the next biggest thing is start looking at your website and your social media and all that kind of stuff with a critical eye and see if you are actually speaking to your client, your perfect client. Maybe you've had a perfect client and that could be the one you're speaking to, or maybe you have somebody that you know that you want to shoot and make sure everything that you have will appeal to that person. That that might be an opportunity for a photographer to actually go out and hire a copywriter to consult with them, and you know you 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 discuss what your ideal client is, and let them go at your your website and your marketing materials with, you know, with a, a sharp pencil and yeah, and really tweak it to be perfect for your ideal client. Yep, you can as long as it's a copywriter who understands about your yes. ideal client and ask you those questions. And if you're not at the yeah. stage where you can hire a copywriter, honestly, go back in your portfolio and find that client. Hopefully you've had a client that you love shooting. It was a pleasure from beginning to end. They thanked you as they handed you money. You know, you really liked having them in the studio. Take them out for coffee and ask them what they thought. What did you think about this whole thing? What did you like about it? What didn't you like? I'm trying to improve mm -hmm. my experience for my clients and I would love to know what you think. And literally just ask them. Don't ask other photographers. <laughs> Don't ask your friends and family. Ask your perfect client if you want and just see what they thought and the parts that they like the most. Yeah, that and uh, so there's there's two great things about that. One, it's a hell of a lot cheaper than a copywriter. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> true. <laughs> and two, it shows your client how much you care. Right. That there, it's going to make them even more likely to want to recommend you when you, you know, when boudoir comes up, basically. Yes. Um, so yeah, I, I really like that idea as well. Um, yeah. For any sure. any other final uh, mistakes that you uh, want to point out? 
Um, just make sure there's so many people that I have that are jumping into my group. I have a Facebook group for photographers and they're telling me that they can't get any clients and I don't know where to get clients and where do I find them? And I look at their stuff and I say, what are you doing right now? Because when I look at your social media, I can't tell what you do. I can't tell who you sell to, who you help. I can't tell any of that. So again, do a social media and a website audit and mm. see if people can understand what you do. I know you maybe went to the wedding and took this most beautiful photo and you really want to show it, but if you're not shooting weddings, take it off. And if you, you know, if you decide to niche down into babies or whatever, make sure that's the only thing that people can see. So I, I think an audit for sure to do it, you know, with a constructive eye yourself will really be helpful, but, um, stop overthinking and keep things simple probably raise your prices a lot and um, just keep moving forward because the stuff that we have to do to grow is uncomfortable, right? And I always say, whatever got you to this level in your business is not going to get you to the other level that you want to be at. So you need to do something different, something uncomfortable probably. Well said. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we, none of us like being uncomfortable, but nope. that, I mean, that's, that's exactly what it means. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And you, you, you gotta do it. Um, uh, you got, you gotta do it. I, 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 um, so for years I have offered family portraits and cakes, mess sessions, headshots. I've had a mixed bag and, uh, I was eventually going to get into branding, but it just, I don't, the clientele is not in this area enough. <laughs> and, um, it's, turned out that by the fate of luck of um, basically doing a proposal, surprise proposal uh, session for my brother-in-law and one of my friends, uh, blogging about it, uh, it I, I, I'm now the number one search for New Jersey proposal photographer, and oh, I'm getting cool. booked left and right for doing That's proposal perfect. sessions. Um, yeah, so it worked out. I, I found my niche, and now I, I'm basically... Uh, I'm still offering headshots if they come, still doing families if they come, cake smash if they come, but I'm basically pushing proposal sessions now because they are so much fun. I yeah. get to I get to be James Bond and yeah. and 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 as a grown man enjoy being a spy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I get to be part of something super special. Yeah. And um uh, I might even say it's more special than the wedding, but I could be biased. <laughs> Yeah. But, <laughs> um, and it's it's also something that you as the client have to have complete trust in your photographer mm -hmm. because there's no replicating. There's yes. no replicating. No, that you first could, moment. You could, yeah, that's it. That's it. Um, so I uh, over the past this space of this whole summer, I've been sort of perfecting my method and my pricing for it and uh, the marketing materials and stuff like that for it. And um I, I, um, I came up with a, well, my approach is a session fee and then per image for it. Yeah, beautiful. Um, and, but I give, I give, um, I give a, you know, a slideshow using smart slides and mm -hmm. a bunch of things with it, but it's so important that what, everything that you talked about, including the niching down, um, yes. and, and pricing yourself so that it's, it's attractive, but also makes you money. Yes. It's yes. Exactly. So important. So yeah. And the niche um, is nice. Like I love your story of how you found it by accident. Same with me, but you, um, mm. and if you haven't found your niche out there, like don't stress about it, just shoot stuff, just shoot everything, yeah. try it all. You'll know pretty much right away if you like it or not. Like you pretty yeah. much will know. 
right? You'll have that connection. You do the, like I did a boudoir shoot. I'm like, oh my God, I love this. This is great. You know, you just, and like you with the engagement, um, the proposal shoots, like you'll find out what you love doing pretty quickly and then just mm -hmm. put it everywhere. Like you said, you blogged about it. People don't know what you offer if you don't put it out there. So yeah, exactly. we gotta do the work. Mm -hmm. Like you gotta market, yep. you gotta get out there, you gotta be uncomfortable, you gotta put your face on social media, you know? You gotta send emails, you you have to do this stuff. It's running, you're running a business, right? Unless it's yep. a hobby and that's totally fine, but a hobby means it's fun and you're just doing it for free and you don't have to do any of the business stuff. But if you wanna make money, you can ask for money in exchange for something that you're giving someone, in this <laughs> case a service, and um, and that's fair. 100%. Well yeah. said. Um, well, thank you, Tanya, for joining me today. Uh, if you can please tell the listeners the absolute best place to find more information about you. Yeah, awesome. Well, the best place for photographers to find me is on my photography website, which is profitableportraits.com. Um, and there's a link there to my client website as well, if you want to see any of my work. And I do have a free Facebook group for photographers. Um, I believe it's called Tanya Smith Education, but we can link to that. Um, mm -hmm or maybe I changed it to profitable portraits. I'm not sure. Um, and then follow me on Instagram and I'm at Tanya L Smith dot photography. Having a name like Smith does means that I have to get creative. Indeed. With my names yeah. And, yeah. My domains are gone. The Instagram's gone. All my, all my names are gone. <laughs> but, but cha changing, changing, uh, you know, coming up with something different on social media is a lot easier than changing your name. So <laughs> that's true. That's a good point. Yeah, true. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you could find the show notes and where to find Tanya at imagely.com slash podcast slash 131. Don't forget to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, Google Play, Google Podcasts now, <laughs> wherever you listen to podcasts. Until next time. You've been listening to the WordPress Photography Podcast. To listen to other episodes and to subscribe to the podcast via iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and more, please visit imagely.com forward slash podcast.